56. Why about 1793 came into the possession of the Holland Land Company, being part of the tract known as the Holland Purchase? Joseph Illicott, the agent of the company, who has been called the father of Buffalo, laid out a town in 1801-1802, calling it New Amsterdam, and by this name it was known on the company's books until about 1810. The name of Buffalo Creek or Buffalo, however, proved more popular, the village became the county seat of Niagara County in 1808, and two years later the town of Buffalo was erected, upon the outbreak of the Second War with Great Britain. Buffalo and the region about Niagara Falls became a center of active military operations, directly across the Niagara River was the British Fort Erie. It was from Buffalo that Lieutenant Jesse D. Elliott 1780-1845 made his brilliant capture of the Detroit and Caledonia in October 1812, and on the 30th and 31st of December 1813 the settlement was attacked, captured, sacked, and almost completely destroyed by a force of British. Canadians and Indians under General Sir Finney's Real C. 1769-1851. After the cessation of hostilities, however, Buffalo, which had been incorporated as a village in 1813, was rapidly rebuilt. Its advantages as a commercial center were early recognized, and its importance was enhanced on the opening up of the Middle West to settlement, when Buffalo became the principal gateway for the lake routes. Here in 1818 was rebuilt the Walk in the Water the first steamboat upon the Great Lakes, named in honor of a famous Wyandotte Indian chief. In 1825 the completion of the Erie Canal with its western terminus at Buffalo greatly increased the importance of the place, which now rapidly outstripped and soon absorbed Black Rock, a village adjoining it on the end which had at one time threatened to be a dangerous rival. In 1832 Buffalo obtained a city charter and Dr. Ebenezer Johnson 1786-1849 was chosen the first mayor in that year, and again in 1834, a cholera epidemic caused considerable loss of life, that Buffalo in 1848 met the Free Soil Convention that nominated Martin Van Buren for the presidency and Charles Francis Adams for the vice presidency, Grover Cleveland lived in Buffalo from 1855 until 1884, when he was elected president, and was mayor of Buffalo in 1882, when he was elected governor of New York State, the Pan American Exposition in celebration of the progress of the Western Hemisphere in the 19th century, was held there May 1st, November 2nd, 1901. It was during a reception in the Temple of Music on the Exposition grounds that President McKinley was assassinated September 6th. He died at the home of John G. Milburn, the President of the Exposition. In the House of Onsley E. Wilcox here Vice President Theodore Roosevelt took the oath of office as President, a marble shaft 80 feet high, in memory of McKinley has been erected in Niagara Square. See William Ketchum, History of Buffalo 2 Volumes, Buffalo, 1864-1865, H.P. Smith, History of Buffalo and Erie County Syracuse, 1884, Publications of the Buffalo Historical Society Buffalo, 1879 etc. O. Turner, History of the Holland Purchase Buffalo, 1850, T.H. Hodgkin, History of Western New York New York, 1845, and the sketching Lyman P. Powell's Historic Towns of the Middle States New York, 1901, Buffalo, a name properly pertaining to an aberrant species of cattle which has been kept in a state of domestication in India and Egypt from time immemorial, and had been introduced from the latter country into southern Europe, it is now taken, however, to include not only this species, whose native home is India, but all more or less nearly related animals, 
Buffaloes are heavily built oxen, with sparsely haired skin, large ears, long, tufted tails, broad muzzles and massive angulate horns. In having only 13 pairs of ribs they resemble the typical oxen. African buffaloes all had the hair of the back directed backwards. In the Cape Buffalo, Bos Bubalus Kaffir, the horns do not attain an excessive length, but in old bulls are so expanded and thickened at the base as to form a helmet-like mass protecting the whole forehead. Several more or less nearly allied local races have been named, and in eastern Africa the buffaloes be Kaffir Equinoxalis had smaller horns, which do not meet in the middle line. From this animal, which is brown instead of black, there seems to be a transition towards the red dwarf buffalo Bimanus of West Africa, an animal scarcely more than two-thirds the size of its gigantic southern cousin, with relatively small, much flattened, upwardly curved horns. In South Africa buffaloes frequent reedy swamps, where they associate in herds of from 50 to 100 or more individuals. Old bulls may be met with either alone or in small parties of from 2 or 3 to 8 or 10. This buffalo formerly roamed in herds over the plains of Central and Southern Africa, always in the near vicinity of water, but the numbers are greatly diminished. In Cape Colony some herds are protected by the government in the eastern forest districts. The species has never been domesticated, nor does there appear to have been any attempt to reduce it to service. Like its Indian ally it is fond of water, which it visits at regular intervals during the 24 hours. It also plasters itself with mud, which... When hardened by the sun day protects it from the bite of the gadflies which in spite of its thick hide seem to cause it considerable annoyance. It is relieved of a portion of the parasitic ticks, so common on the hides of thick-skinned animals, by means of the red-beaked rhinoceros birds, Bukhaga erythra or Hinka, a dozen or more of which may be seen partly perched on its horns and partly moving about on its back, and picking up the ticks on which they feed. The hunter is often guided by these birds in his search for the buffalo but oftener still they give timely warning to their host of the dangerous proximity of the hunter, and have thus earned the title of the buffalo's guardian birds. In a wild state the typical Indian buffalo, Bos bubalus bubalis, seems to be restricted to India and Ceylon, although some of the buffaloes found in the Malay Peninsula and islands probably represent local races. The species has been introduced into Asia Minor, Egypt, Italy and elsewhere. The large size and wide separation of the horns, as well as the less thickly fringed ears, and the more elongated and narrow head, form marked points of distinction between the Asiatic and South African species. Moreover, all Asiatic buffaloes are distinguished from the African forms by having the hair on the forepart of the back directed forwards, and these go far to support the views of those who would make them the types of a distinct subgenus. V.04P.0702 or genus. Buffaloes. In Assam there formerly existed a local race. Bidubali's macrocircus, characterized by the horns, which are of immense size, being directed mainly outwards, instead of curving upwards in a circular form. Another Assam race Bidubali's vulvus is characterized by the tunny, in place of black, color of its hair and hide. The haunts of the Indian buffalo are the grass jungles near swamps, in which the grass exceeds 20 feet in height. Here the buffaloes like the Indian rhinoceros form covered pathways in which they are completely concealed. The herds frequently include 50 or more individuals. These animals are fond of passing the day in marshes, where they love to wallow in the mud. They are by no means shy, and do much harm to the crops. The rutting season occurs in autumn, when several females follow a single male, forming for the time a small herd. The period of gestation lasts for 10 months, 
and the female produces one or two calves at a birth. The bull is capable, it is said, of overthrowing an elephant, and generally more than a match even for the tiger, which usually declines the combat when not impelled by hunger. The Indian driver of a herd of tame buffaloes does not shrink from entering a tiger-frequented jungle. His cattle, with their massive horns, making short work of any tiger that may come in their way. Buffalo fights and fights between buffaloes and tigers were recognized Indian sports in the old days. Domesticated buffaloes differ from their wild brethren nearly by their inferior size and smaller horns, some of the latter being of the circular and others of the straight type. The milk is good and nourishing, but of a ropey consistency and a peculiar flavor. The tamarau, or Philippine buffalo, Bosbubalus mendorensis, is a smaller animal in many respects intermediate between the Indian buffalo and the dwarf Anoa, or Celebes buffalo B. depressicornis, R.L. In America, it is worth noting, the term, buffalo, is almost universally taken, at all events in popular parlance, to designate the American bison, for which see bison, buffet, Louis Joseph 1818-1898, French statesman, was born at Mirecourt, after the revolution of February 1848 he was elected deputy for the department of the Vosges, and in the assembly sat on the right, pronouncing for the repression of the insurrection of June 1848 and for Louis Napoleon Bonaparte. He was Minister of Agriculture from August to December 1849 and from August to October 1851, re-elected deputy in 1863. He was one of the supporters of the liberal empire of Emile Olivier being finance minister in Olivier's cabinet from January to the 10th of April 1870. He was president of the National Assembly from the 4th of April 1872 to the 10th of March 1875, and minister of the interior in 1875. Then, elected senator for life 1876, he pronounced himself in favor of the coup d'etat of the 16th of May 1877. Buffet had some oratorical talent, but shown most in opposition. Buffet a piece of furniture which may be open or closed, or partly open and partly closed, for the reception of dishes, china, glass and plate. The word may also signify a long counter at which one stands to eat and drink, as at a restaurant, or which would appear to be the original meaning the room in which the counter stands. The word, like the thing it represents, is French. The buffet is the descendant of the credence, and the ancestor of the sideboard, and consequently has a close affinity to the dresser few articles of furniture, while preserving their original purpose, had varied more widely in form. In the beginning the buffet was a tiny apartment, or recess, little larger than a cupboard, separated from the room which it served either by a breast-high balustrade or by pillars. It developed into a definite piece of furniture, varying from simplicity to splendor, but always provided with one or more flat spaces, or broad shelves for the reception of such necessaries of the dining room as were not placed upon the table. The early buffets were sometimes carved with the utmost elaboration, the Renaissance did much to vary their form and refine their ornament. Often the lower part contained receptacles as in the characteristic English court cupboard. The rage for collecting china in the middle of the 18th century was responsible for a new form the high glazed bath, fitted with shelves, for the display of fine pieces of crockery ware. This, however, was hardly a true buffet, and was the very antithesis of the primary arrangement, in which the huge goblets and beakers and fantastic pieces of plate, of which so extremely few examples are left, were displayed upon the open, gratings, the tiers of shelves, with or without a glass front, 
which are still often found in Georgian houses, were sometimes called buffets in short. Any dining room receptacle for articles that were not immediately wanted came at last to bear the name. In France the variations of type were even more numerous than in England, and it is sometimes difficult to distinguish a commode from a buffet. In the latter part of the 18th century the buffet occasionally took the form of a console table. B.U.F. The Fire, Claude 1661-1737, French philosopher, historian and educationalist, was born in Poland, on the 25th of May 1661, of French parents, who returned to France, and settled at Rouen, soon after his birth. He was educated at the Jesuit College there, and was received into the order at the age of 19. A dispute with the Archbishop compelled him to leave Rouen, and after a short stay in Rome he returned to Paris to the College of the Jesuits, where he spent the rest of his life. He seems to have been an admirable teacher, with a great power of lucid exposition. His object in the Traité de Sverets Premier 1717, his best-known work, is to discover the ultimate principle of knowledge. This he finds in the sense we had of our own existence and of what we feel within ourselves. He thus takes substantially the same ground as Descartes, but he rejected the a priori method, in order to know what exists distinct from the self. Common sense is necessary. Common sense he defined as that disposition which nature has placed in all or most men, in order to enable them, when they had arrived at the age and use of reason, to form a common and uniform judgment with respect to objects different from the internal sentiment of their own perception which judgment is not the consequence of any anterior judgment. The truths which this disposition of nature obliges us to accept can be neither proved nor disproved, they are practically followed even by those who reject them speculatively. But Luthier does not claim for these truths of common sense, the absolute certainty which characterizes the knowledge we have of our own existence or the logical deductions we make from our thoughts, they possess merely the highest probability, and the man who rejects them is to be considered a fool though he is not guilty of a contradiction. Bouffier's aversion to scholastic refinements has given to his writings an appearance of shallowness and want of metaphysical insight, and unquestionably he failed entirely even to indicate the nature of that universality and necessity which he ascribed to his eternal verities. He was, however, one of the earliest to recognize the psychological as distinguished from the metaphysical side of Descartes' principle, and to use it, with no inconsiderable skill as the basis of an analysis of the human mind, similar to that enjoined by Locke. In this he has anticipated the spirit and method as well as many of the results of Reed and the Scottish school. Voltaire described him as the only Jesuit who has given a reasonable system of philosophy. He wrote also Elements to Metaphysics 1724, a French grammar on a new plan, and a number of historical essays. Most of his works appeared in a collected form in 1732 and an English translation of the Traité was published in 1780. B.U.F.F.O.N. George Louis Elisi de 1707-1788, French naturalist, was born on the 7th of September 1707, at Montbard Cote His father, Benjamin Francois Leclerc de Buffon 1683-1775, being councillor of the Burgundian Parliament, he studied law at the College of Jesuits at Dijon, but he soon exhibited a marked predilection for the study of the physical sciences, and more particularly for mathematics. Whilst at Dijon he made the acquaintance of a young Englishman, Lord Kingston, and with him travelled through Italy and then went to England. He published a French translation of Stephen Hales's Vegetable Statics in 1735, 
and of Sir I. Newton's Fluxions in 1740. At 25 years of age he succeeded to a considerable property, inherited from his mother, and from this time onward his life was devoted to a regular scientific labor. At first he directed his attention more especially to mathematics, physics, v.04p.0703 and agriculture, and his chief original papers are connected with these subjects. In the spring of 1739 he was elected an associate of the Academy of Sciences, and at a later period of the same year he was appointed keeper of the Jardin du Roy and of the Royal Museum. This appears to have finally determined him to devote himself to the biological sciences in particular, and he began to collect materials for his natural history. In the preparation of this voluminous work he associated with himself L.J. and Aubenton, to whom the descriptive and anatomical portions of the treaties were entrusted and the first three volumes made their appearance in the year 1749, in 1752 not in 1743 or 1760. As sometimes stated he married Marie-Francoise de Saint-Pelin. He seems to have been fondly attached to her, and felt deeply her death at Montbard in 1769. The remainder of Buffon's life as a private individual presents nothing of special interest. He belonged to a very long-lived race, his father having attained the age of 93 and his grandfather 87. He himself died at Paris on the 15th of April 1788, at the age of 81, of vesicle calculus, having refused to allow any operation for his relief. He left one son, George Louis Marie Leclerc Buffon, who was an officer in the French army, and who died by the guillotine, at the age of 30, on the 10th of July 1793 22 Miss and I, having espoused the party of the Duke of Orléans, Buffon was a member of the French Academy his inaugural address being the celebrated Discour Searle style, 1753, perpetual treasurer of the Academy of Sciences, fellow of the Royal Society of London, and member of the Academies of Berlin, St. Petersburg, Dijon, and of most of the learned societies then existing in Europe, of handsome person and noble presence, endowed with many of the external gifts of nature and rejoicing in the social advantages of high rank and large possessions. He is mainly known by his published scientific writings, without being a profound original investigator. He possessed the art of expressing his ideas in a clear and generally attractive form. His chief defects as a scientific writer are that he was given to excessive and hasty generalization, so that his hypotheses, however seemingly brilliant, are often destitute of any sufficient basis in observed facts. Whilst his literary style is not infrequently theatrical and turgid, and a great want of method and order is commonly observable in his writings, his great work is the Historia Naturale, general et particulier, and it can undoubtedly claim the merit of having been the first work to present the previously isolated and apparently disconnected facts of natural history in a popular and generally intelligible form. The sensation which was made by its appearance in successive parts was very great and it certainly effected much good in its time by generally diffusing a taste for the study of nature, for a work so vast, however aiming, as it did, that being little less than a general encyclopedia of the sciences Buffon's capacities may, without disparagement, be said to have been insufficient, as is shown by the great weakness of parts of the work such as those relating to mineralogy, the Historia Naturale passed through several editions, and was translated into various languages, the edition most highly prized by collectors, on account of the beauty of its plates, is the first, which was published in Paris 1749-1804 in 44 quarto volumes, the publication extending over more than 50 years, 
in the preparation of the first 15 volumes of this edition 1749-1767 Buffon was assisted by Da Benton, and subsequently by P. Guineu de Montpelliard, B. Abagelca Bexon, and C. N. S. Sonini de Manoncourt. The following seven volumes form a supplement to the preceding, and appeared in 1774-1789, the famous Epoques de la Nature 1779 being the fifth of them. They were succeeded by nine volumes on the birds 1770-1783, and these again by five volumes on minerals 1783-1788. The remaining eight volumes, which complete this edition, appeared after Buffon's death, and comprise rectals, fishes and cetaceans. They were executed by B.G.E. de Lacepied, and were published in successive volumes between 1788 and 1804. A second edition began in 1774 and completed in 1804. In 36 volumes quarto, is in most respects similar to the first, except that the anatomical descriptions are suppressed and the supplement recast. See Humbert Bozile, Buffon, Sifamil, and C. 1863, MJP Flowerens, Hist. Destravaux et Decides de Buffon 1844, Third Education 1870, H. Adult de Buffon. Correspondence to Buffon 1860, A.S. Packard, Lamarck 1901, Bug, the name of two rivers of Europe, one a stream of European Russia, distinguished sometimes as the Southern Bug, which rises in the S of the government of Volhynia, and flows generally as E through the governments of Podlia and Kherson, and after picking up the Ingul from the left at Nikolaev, enters the Lyman or Lagoon into which the Dnieper also discharges, its length is 470 meters. Its upper part is beset with rapids, and its lower is of little value for navigation on account of the numerous sandbanks and blocks of rock which choke its bed, to a river distinguished as the Western Don, which rises in the E of Austrian Galicia between Tarnopol and Brody, and flows NNW as far as Brest-Litovsk, separating the Polish provinces of Lublin and Sivos from the Russian governments of Volhynia and Grodno, it then swings away almost due W between the provinces of Warsaw and Lamza and joins the Vistula, 23 meters below the city of Warsaw, length, 470 meters, it is navigable from Brest Litovsk downwards, Bug, the common name for hemipteris insects of the family Simicidae, of which the best known example is the house bug or bed bug Cynex lectularis, this disgusting insect is of an oval shape, of a rusty red color, and, in common with the whole tribe to which it belongs, gives off an offensive odor when touched, and like the others, However, it is wingless. The bug is provided with a proboscis, which when at rest lies along the inferior side of the thorax, and through which it sucks the blood of man, the sole food of this species. It is nocturnal in its habits, remaining concealed by day in crevices of bed furniture, among the hangings, or behind the wallpaper, and shows considerable activity in its nightly raids in search of food. The female deposits her eggs at the beginning of summer in crevices of wood and other retired situations and in three weeks the young emerge as small, white, and almost transparent larvae. These change their skin very frequently during growth, and attain full development in about 11 weeks. Two centuries ago the bed bug was a rare insect in Britain, and probably owes its name, which is derived from a Celtic word signifying ghost or goblin, to the terror which its attacks at first inspired, an allied species, the dovecote bug Sinex columbaria, attacks domestic fowls and pigeons, Bugaud de L.A.P.I.C.O.N.N.E.R.I. Thomas Arobiardi, Duke of Isley 1784-1849, Marshal of France, 
was born at Limoges on the 15th of October 1784. He came of a noble family of Perigord, and was the youngest of his parents' 13 children. Harsh treatment led to his flight from home, and for some years about 1800 he lived in the country, engaged in agriculture, to which he was ever afterwards devoted. At the age of 20 he became a private soldier in the Vilites of the Imperial Guard 1804, with which he took part in the Austerlitz campaign of the following year. Early in 1806 he was given a commission, and as a sub-lieutenant he served in the Jena and Ilau campaigns, winning his promotion to the rank of Lieutenant Apoltus December 1806. In 1808 he was in the 1st French Corps which entered Spain, and was stationed in Madrid during the revolt of the Dosnao. At the second siege of Saragossa he won further promotion to the rank of captain, and in 1809-1810 found opportunities for winning distinction under General Marshal Suche in the eastern theater of the Peninsular War, in which he rose to the rank of major and the command of a full regiment. At the first restoration he was made a colonel, but he rejoined Napoleon during the Hundred Days, and under his old chief Suche distinguished himself greatly in the war in the Alps. For 15 years after the fall of Napoleon he was not re-employed, and during this time he displayed great activity in agriculture and in the general development of his district of Perigord. The July Revolution of 1830 reopened his military career, and after a short tenure of a regimental command he was in 1831 made a marshal de camp, in the chamber V.04P.0704 of deputies, to which he was elected in the same year. He showed himself to be an inflexible opponent of democracy, and in his military capacity he was noted for his severity in police work and the suppression of imouts. His conduct as jailer of the Duchess de Berry led to a duel between Bugeaud and the deputy Doulong, in which the latter was killed 1834. This affair and the incidents of another imout exposed Bugeaud to ceaseless attacks in the chamber and in the press, but his opinion was sought by all parties in matters connected with agriculture and industrial development. He was re-elected in 1834, 1837 and 1839. About this time Bujold became much interested in the question of Algeria. At first he appears to have disapproved of the conquest, but his undeviating adherence to Louis Philippe brought him into agreement with the government, and with his customary decision he proposed to employ at once whatever forces were necessary for the swift, complete and lasting subjugation of Algeria. Later events proved the soundness of his views, in the meantime Bujold was sent to Africa in a subordinate capacity, and proceeded without delay to initiate his war of flying columns. He won his first victory on the 7th of July 1836, made a brilliant campaign of six weeks duration, and returned home with the rank of lieutenant general. In the following year he signed the Treaty of Tafna June 1, 1837, with Abdel an act which, though justified by the military and political situation, led to a renewal of the attacks upon him in the chamber, to the refutation of which Bujo devoted himself in 1839. Finally, in 1840, he was nominated Governor-General of Algeria, and early in 1841 he put into force his system of flying columns. His swiftness and energy drove back the forces of Abdel Kader from place to place while the devotion of the rank and file to Perbutod enabled him to carry all before him in action. In 1842 he secured the French positions by undertaking the construction of roads. In 1843 Bujod was made Marshal of France, and in this and the following year he continued his operations with unvarying success. His great victory of Isley on the 14th of August 1844 won for him the title of Duke. In 1845, however, 
he had to take the field again in consequence of the disaster of Saidi Brahim 22nd of September 1845, and up to his final retirement from Algeria July 1846 he was almost constantly employed in the field. His resignation was due to differences with the home government on the question of the future government of the province. Amidst his other activities he had found time to study the agricultural characteristics of the conquered country, and under his regime the number of French colonists had grown from 17.000 to 100.000. In 1848 the marshal was in Paris during the revolution, but his orders prevented him from acting effectually to suppress it. He was asked, but eventually refused, to be a candidate for the presidency in opposition to Louis Napoleon. His last public service was the command of the Army of the Alps, formed in 1848-1849 to observe events in Italy. He died in Paris on 10 June 1849. Bujold's writings were numerous, including his oeuvres militaires, collected by Whale Paris, 1883, many official reports on Algeria and the war there, and some works on economics and political science. See Comte de Deville, Omerichel Bujold Paris. 1881-1882, B.U.G.M.H.A.G.N., Johann 1485-1558, surnamed Theolemi Arrhenius, German Protestant reformer, was born at Wollen near Stettin on the 24th of June 1485, at the University of Greifswald he gained much distinction as a humanist, and in 1504 was appointed by the abbot of the Premonstratensian monastery at Belbuck rector of the town school at Treptow. In 1509 he was ordained priest and became a vicar in the Collegiate Marian Church at Treptow. In 1517 he was appointed lecturer on the Bible and Church Fathers at the Abbey School at Belbuck. In 1520 Luther's decaptivitate de Bilognica converted him into a zealous supporter of the reformers' views, to which he won over the abbot among others. In 1521 he went to Wittenberg, where he formed a close friendship with Luther and Melanchthon, and in 1522 he married. He preached and lectured in the university, but his zeal and organizing skill soon spread his reforming influence far beyond its limits. In 1528 he arranged the church affairs of Brunswick and Hamburg, in 1530 those of Lübeck and Pomerania. In 1537 he was invited to Denmark by Christian III, and remained five years in that country, organizing the church though only a presbyter. He consecrated the new Danish bishops and schools. He passed the remainder of his life at Wittenberg braving the perils of war and persecution rather than desert the place dear to him as the home of the Reformation. He died on the 20th of April 1558. Among his numerous works is a history of Pomerania, which remained unpublished till 1728. Perhaps his best book is the Interpretatio in Librum Samorum 1523, and he is also remembered as having helped Luther in his translation of the Bible. See Life by H. Hearing Halle, 1888, Emil Goerich. Buggen Hagen and die Protestantische Rundkommens 1895. Ovog published a collection of Buggen Hagen's correspondence in 1888, and a supplement in 1890. Bugg, SOPHUS 1833 1907, Norwegian philologist, was born at Lorvik, Norway, on the 5th of January 1833. He was educated at Christiania, Copenhagen, and Berlin and in 1866 he became professor of comparative philology and Old Norse at Christiania University, in addition to collecting Norwegian folk songs and traditions, and writing on runic inscriptions. He made considerable contributions to the study of the Celtic, Romance, Oscan, Umbrian and Etruscan languages, 
He was the author of a very large number of books on philology and folklore. His principal work, a critical edition of the Elder and Noral and Fornthoidi, was published at Christiania in 1867. He maintained that the songs of the Edda and the earlier sagas were largely founded on Christian and Latin tradition imported into Scandinavian literature by way of England. His writings also include Gamal Norsky Folk Visor 1858, a collection of old Norse folk songs, by Dragtil Danielsts called Adagning's History Christiania, 1894, Helge Dibb Nyden Edda Copenhagen, 1896, Ang. Trans. The Home of the Edic Poems, 1899, Norsk Saga Fortnilling Oxidas Island Christiania, 1901, and various books on runic inscriptions. He died on the 8th of July 1907. For a further list of his works see J.B. Halvorsen, Norsk Forfatter Lexicon, Volume I Christiania, 1885, Bodhi, a vehicle with either two in England and India or four wheels in America. English bogies are generally hooded and for one horse.